0: Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Barardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live
1: from the land that freedom forgot, beaten listen to the second amendment broadcast in the nation welcome to it don't do that to me why are you laughing <laughs> uh. Oh, did you rewrite the, the f- insanity
2: forward to my book did you rewrite it
1: yeah i did i put i put something in there about he's a good guy you should buy his book
2: nice <laughs> you know um So, the crown this Tuesday, gyms are allowed to be at twenty-five percent occupancy. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna work. (laughs) Restaurants, not so much.
1: No, no. We're
2: gonna wait till it snows. And then you'll be eating. the (laughs) The gym
1: is the filthiest friggin' petri dish in the world, okay? But that can open, but science says you can't have an appetizer sitting
2: next to someone no. else. I, I picture myself eating on a sidewalk cafe in November and, 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 a, and a brine truck coming by. <laughs> and you hold your pickle out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's brining season, Bitches. He is an idiot. Listen, every restaurateur I talk to, twenty five percent is not going to cut it. Oh, anything. how how can you possibly? Uh, it's 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 crazy. So for a lot of you that that maybe were living uh, uh, with a monk or something, don't know what happened <laughs> this week. <laughs> uh, but uh, Murphy uh, came out with his budget. Oh and, boy! Yeah, and again, have. our future <laughs> lies with Steve Sweeney. Again. Yeah.
1: Our only hope lies with a gangster.
2: (laughs) Uh, So, you know. Welcome
1: to New Jersey.
2: Correct. The teaser I put up was, I need everybody who's not aware of this, who didn't go to school in the 60s or 70s. If you went to school later on, they probably don't teach what a poll tax is. But, you know, poll taxes have been around since uh, Egyptian times, 5,000 years. But the the, the most current poll tax was after the uh, Civil War, when the slaves were emancipated, the southern states uh, had uh, poll taxes where you had to pay a fee to vote or own property to vote. Yeah. Uh, not discriminatory at all. No. No, 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 no. So this way only the white landowners uh, could actually vote. So freeing the slaves basically did nothing for freeing the slaves. Right. So uh, the 24th Amendment came out and got rid of a poll tax. But I believe a poll tax can be defined in many ways. And when you're taxing uh, people to exercise a constitutional right, a civil right that is in the Bill of Rights, and it happens to be number two. I know what you're up to. And here's the deal: to get a firearms ID card is five dollars, which is still bullshit because you shouldn't have to pay right. to exercise a constitutional right. Right. So, like, we should you as a, as a public speaker to exercise your First Amendment right, should you have to pay a fee?
1: No. Only to my agent, yeah.
2: only Yeah, to your agent, but not, not to the government. <laughs> right, to the government, of course. Yeah. So a right is when the government takes something away from you and sells it back to you as, as a permit or a license, <laughs> Exactly right? right. So that's that's what they do. So we're going from $5 to $100 for a firearms ID card, and we're going from $2 to $50 for a pistol permit. Oh so, now, a, yeah, so now if a, if a Glock 19 costs 500 bucks, it's an additional 10% tax on top of the price of the gun. On top of the other taxes, like the on Knicks top of, tax. And, and, the, and the Pittman-Robinson Act? Right. Wait, but I'm not done. Oh. I'm not done. You ready? Not really. <laughs> oh, 2.5% tax on firearm sales on top of that fee. Are you serious? And ten percent tax on ammo. Oh my God! Okay, that's ten in, percent on
1: top of the state sales tax. Yes. So
2: it's seventeen percent tax. Correct. Oh, great. Correct. So now what you've done is, and you know, and I, we're going to
1: balance the budget like that, right?
2: Yeah, I posted a a picture of me wearing uh, all gun control is racist, and I tagged Maj Ture. You know, I ordered the shirt from him, Black Guns Matter. And, you know, some people were like, it hurts everybody. And I'm like, you're right, it hurts everybody. I wore the shirt for dramatic effect. But here's the deal. When you raise the fees across the board and taxes like this, we all know what you're doing. You're knocking out an entire layer of socioeconomic people. Intentionally, yeah. Intentionally, yep. exactly. And all of these fees, we have a $10 billion shortfall, and all of these fees will bring in $6.3 million in the state <laughs> of New Jersey. It's it, And they pissed that away on paperclips in a week. Correct, correct. So he's taxing, I'll go through the list in a minute, but this is nothing other than a discriminatory tax to prevent law abiding citizens of less financial means from acquiring firearms okay it's ripe for a court challenge the problem is we're screwed in the courts yeah oh absolutely okay and it they takes stack money. The courts
1: they stack the legislature they... correct
2: now now i've gotten a ton of messages when i posted this because no, it did not take effect yet. It's his budget proposal. For a lot of you out there, there's this thing called three branches of the government the balance of powers. We have the judicial branch, rigged. We have the legislative branch, supermajority of Democrats. And we have the executive branch, run by a monarch. Okay? Right. So, what really is supposed to happen now is Phil Murphy proposed this budget, it goes to the House. They massage it, add, take, put a ton of pork in it for their friends and buddies and union workers and stuff. Then it goes to the Senate and they supersize all of those changes and they add more fat, more pork, more bullshit, more, more raises for themselves or whatever and continue to screw the little guy. And then the budget goes to the governor's desk and the governor has some veto power there as well. Well, last time this happened, Sweeney nixed the firearm increases. Now the state is in such dire straits It might happen again. But here's the plan, Sandy. The Democrats, by and large, have allowed all this unrest to take place in this country since the pandemic started. Yep. So what happened is you have millions of new gun owners. Hey, let's tax these people. So they created the problem, and now they're going to tax what law-abiding citizens perceive as the solution. Oh, we got millions more people owning guns? Well, let's tax the shit out of the bitches. Right. The last NRA tweet. 40% of firearm sales in 2020 were first-time buyers. 58% of firearm sales were African-Americans. 40% of firearm sales were women. And firearm sales nearly doubled. And ammunition sales are up 149% from 2019. So it makes sense to tax guns, ammo, and the permitting scheme, right? Oh, absolutely. For them. For them. Again... Um, The purpose of the intro of the show and the purpose of the show is to pass this around and spread it out to your friends and family that have had an awakening this past year and decided to fill out their paperwork and get a gun. Right. You're all going mm-hmm. to pay dearly for it, and for people out there that, that that live above, slightly above the poverty line, and I think in New Jersey, slightly above the poverty line is what one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars household income. <laughs> yeah, somewhere thereabouts. You sure. know, it's probably yeah. like what forty thousand or something. Yeah, the government says. About that, yeah. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. You and your wife want to buy a gun. It is going to cost you, for the two of you to buy one handgun and ammunition, you are going to be all in for about $1,200. That's without a gun safe. That's without any training. That's without any range time. That's a gun, a couple of boxes of ammo, your firearms ID card, your pistol permits, your fingerprinting fees. All right? All of this totaled. It's going to cost you between a thousand and twelve hundred dollars. Well, think about this: if someone makes grosses forty thousand dollars a year in New Jersey, they're netting about thirty thousand dollars, right? Right. So it's one thirtieth of your net income for the year to protect yourself and your family. And you're not protected at that point. You've just become a
1: legalized felon in, in the <laughs> in the eyes of the state of New Jersey. So you'd have to go out and get something like Law Shield or. And, and, you know, now you can't afford to buy
2: another box of ammunition. Correct. Correct. So I we know why this is being done. So it is... Definitely, definitely something that people need to wake up to. Now, one thing I think the Democrats still haven't had an awakening to, they're not addressing the fact that we have all of these millions of new gun owners across the country, that many of these gun owners now, when they saw the process they had to go through to get the gun, when they see the politicians go up to the podium and lie that you can just order a gun online and have it shipped to your house and you can get 30-round magazines and full auto and the shoulder thing that goes up, and all that other stuff, they're going to maybe, maybe, maybe vote the way we need them to vote. I don't think so. I don't think so. Either. Well, I'll take 5%, Sandy. No. I'll take 3% at this point in my life.
1: Well, it's sad, too, because, you know, but unfortunately, people are going to do what people do. And, you know, just because a, you know, a, a a person who leans left bought a firearm finally woke up and bought a firearm. Uh, and wanted to exercise their rights, they're probably shoving it in in, in the uh, gun safe or uh, probably not even in the gun safe,
2: in a draw. But this, this, this one slice, politician gets up to the podium, we need better gun control because anybody can go in and buy a gun, blah, 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 blah. And you have Mary, who never owned a gun before, saying, wait a minute, I just went through the process. It took three months, cost me $1,200, references, fingerprints, mental health check. Uh, you know, they sent a letter to my job before I could purchase that gun. And then when I went in to buy the gun in New Jersey, they did another background check. And Nix is so backed up in New Jersey, it took five days before I finally got the approval. And when I went to pick up the gun, my driver's license had to match my firearms ID card. And the guy made me sign a piece of paper saying it's a felony to leave a gun uh, accessible to an unauthorized person, etc et cetera, Etc. Et we might have a small percentage of people that wake up.
1: Maybe a very small percentage because that same group of people that you're talking about is still watching MSNBC and CNN and getting their news from there. And they're, say,
2: and they're saying, well, that's all true, but orange man, bad. Yes, it's we, we know that's going to happen. But uh, let's 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 be a little optimistic because we don't have the courts anymore. We don't have the legislature. We do not have the executive branch. I'm talking state. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on the federal level, we have the Senate hanging on by a thread. We don't have the House and we know we don't have the the Supreme Court. Right so we 're screwed across the board, so i got to have a little ray of hope. Listen, everybody knows i 'm in the final stretch of my career, and there 's other young and up and coming people Mark Cheeseman and j factor they just uh, uh, they just launched another lawsuit against uh, the state of New Jersey with the carry permitting scheme that you have to qualify. I don't have all the details yet. I'm sure a GoFundMe would come up soon. Mark said that they're not going to do it yet. They still have some money left from their from their uh, lawsuit that went to the U.S. Supreme Court. So, you know, we're, we're all well, – I'm not walking away. I'm not raising my hands and giving up. But we we have to – Spread the word. This is a good week to share this show with all your friends, family, and coworkers that just bought a gun, yeah. that just went through the process, okay? Right. We need them to wake up. November is right around the corner. And I the three most important things I care about for Trump to win in November, judges, judges, judges. I don't care about anything else. All I care about is judges at this point. Okay. We need more lower court judges. We need the Supreme Court to flip in our favor. Otherwise, we will never ever get any recourse in this country. Look what's going on in New Jersey. So Phil Murphy is is the crown. He runs it. His budget, forty billion dollar budget. Okay? He was he's going to do this. You ready? A ten point seven percent millionaires tax. That's going to raise four hundred million. <laughs> that's going to be. That's going They're, to do nothing. The millionaires have the the money to get on a,
1: a Learjet, to get on a, a Gulfstream, G twenty five, and fly away to their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh house. Uh, the average person. Uh, so they're not gonna pay the tax. The same as in in this in the state of New York and the city of New York. They're, they're not gonna they, take they the- don't
2: well oh, U Haul stock is gonna go up though. Yeah, you
1: haul you yeah. <laughs> buy, buy, buy stock in moving van companies, yeah.
2: Okay. So ten point seven percent millionaires tax a permanent extension of the additional 2.5% corporate business tax. Thank you, Governor. Oh, yeah, I want, I'm i going great. to pay another 2.5% yeah. on top of my sales tax, on top of my business tax, on top of my personal income tax, etc.
1: We have the, the highest business tax in the state of New Jersey That's a, that's levied against small businesses of any state in the union, and we wonder why we cannot attract small business, which is the lifeblood of the
2: economy to the state of New Jersey. No, the lifeblood of the economy in New Jersey is public workers. <laughs> yeah, and big pharma. Public yeah. workers and big pharma. So he, listen to this. He's going to increase the cigarette tax to $4.35. <laughs> so what he's going to do here, which, which these governors do not understand it, I haven't purchased a cigar in the state of New Jersey in 25 years. Right. I either order them online or I drive to Pennsylvania and I buy my cigars because New Jersey has a 30% tax on top of the 7% sales tax. So it's 40%. Okay. So people that smoke will, this is a syntax, right? People that smoke will drive to PA, drive to Delaware, and they will buy two or three cartons at a time and save $150. And... Who does the tax hurt most yet
1: again? The yep. person in, uh, in, in a lower income bracket who cannot get into a car and drive to another state to pick up a pack of cigarettes. Look, I think cigarettes obviously are horrible. Uh, but I think the tax is something that's constantly
2: levied against people who can least afford it. Correct. So, so what people don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an economist, but people will find a way to save the money, uh, it whether always, it's order online or, oh, Joe, you're going down to Delaware this weekend. Here's, here's a hundred dollars. Pick me up a carton of Marlboro right. lights. Whatever, whatever, exactly. It's going to happen. Yeah. All right. It cr- Look gonna, at what happened with prohibition, Ant.
1: Uh, it created an entire black market industry. It formed, it powered
2: the mafia. So. We got a federal small business tax cut during COVID. Yeah, goodbye. He is adding a 5% surcharge (laughs) on small businesses. (laughs) Okay. So the feds cut us 5% and the state is going to reenact the 5% at the state level. Okay. Limousine sales tax going oh, to increase. That's, that's huge. Wait, yacht tax. A yacht tax. Only only a limousine
1: liberal would think of a yacht tax. As yeah. a, I, that's going to affect my life
2: greatly, a yacht tax. He's going to put $4.9 in the state pension plan out of his budget. Half the budget goes into the pension. Yeah, to the pension and to their uh, benefits for life. Half of it, okay? He's is that incredible? He's increasing health care tax 5%. Oh, that's good.
1: So uh, how does that work out for the Affordable Care Act when they're increasing taxes on your Blue Cross or HMO payment every single month? Oh, that brings health care. He's an idiot. To more people.
2: He's an idiot. Come on, man. Get out of my basement. <laughs> 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 people, people, we got the kind of power
0: that comes from taking back what's ours. Are you still fighting crime the old-fashioned way? Now cut crime in half the time with a fast, easy money-saving solution. Introducing the Shipbaggerator. This year's all new crime deterrence marvel from the makers of Gun for Hire Radio. The Shipbaggerator's compact design makes it quicker and easier to use than jail cells, parole boards, lethal injections, or those costly, outdated electric chairs. Just park your Shipbaggerator in the town square, open the lid, and drop the Shipbag in. It's that simple. There's no wrong way to use it. Back and forth. Side to side, round and round, ship bags go in and come out as a mound. Super sharp stainless steel blades that never need sharpening do all the work. Slice ship bags so thin, they only have one side. Built strong to last, they slice through even the toughest ship bags. Murderers, rapists, child molesters, no problem. Just set it to high, and the Ship Baggerator's powerful patented motor We'll handle them three at a time. No muss, no fuss, no bogging down. Just pop the top, drop them in, and watch. As the powerful counter-rotating blades pull any size shit bag through at two feet per second. Amazing! Cleanup is a breeze. Just rinse with a fire hose or run it through the car wash. There's even a pulse setting for serial offenders. Save up the worst and delight the crowds on the 4th of July who needs fireworks when you've got the Ship Baggerator. And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we'll send you four additional sets of special stainless steel blades that never need sharpening. So now you can chop, slice, (laughs) dice, and cube. The Ship Baggerator and four specialty blades, all for the same low, low price. Unbelievable. So don't wait and get yours today.
1: The Shitbaggerator is available only at Gun For Hire Radio. Operators are standing by. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man.
2: So, so, so now here, here's, here, here. Here's an article that agrees with you, which really pisses me off, okay? <laughs> the Truth About Guns, all right, by uh, Kat Ainsworth. Warning, more gun sales don't mean a bigger gun vote. See, I hate when you're right, uh. okay? We all know about the enormous spike in gun sales Down, thank to COVID-19 worries and protests and hysteria and stuff. And a lot of people think that'll mean a far greater turnout for pro-gun voting in November, okay? More gun sales mean a pro-2A White House, right? Wrong, yeah. okay? People within the gun culture are very excited about these new gun owners and are hoping to bring these people into the fold politically. Okay, but I think that that's going to be more easily said than done. All right, so sociology is, I'm sorry, but he he goes on and talks about it how, just like you said in this article, Sandy, people uh, have voted a certain way, and what happens is they have this elitist mentality. Well, I got mine, I don't care about anybody else. Exactly. And that tends to be that that tends to be the leftist mentality so I hate when you 're right so here 's another demographic and this was uh, a girl a girl in a gun dot uh, org This article was written by Robin uh, Sandoval. Why are women buying guns and she addresses it that you know women are huge, huge uh, demographic, and basically they did a survey of the women that belong to her organization. And it was uh, 14% are buying the guns because of riots, fear of mobs, and civil unrest. 12% upcoming elections and concerns of bans. You know, everybody wants to be grandfathered in. Uh, 12%, this is encouraging, guys and girls. Listen, 12% got a gun because they were urged by a family member or a friend.
1: Oh, that is is encouraging.
2: Okay, that to me is the most important 12% there. We need to pump those numbers up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Eight percent just learned about training opportunities like they didn't even know about it. Eight percent. It was a new firearm in the household. Eight percent. Lack of law enforcement resources. Mm. Okay, Seven percent got guns because of the pandemic and uncertainty of access to essentials. 7% fear of being targeted for violence or discrimination. That's a good one there. If you're female, if you're gay, alternate lifestyle, you're a minority, you can be targeted for discrimination. I commend people like that that get a gun to protect themselves. any 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 background. Uh, 7% rising unemployment and fear of crime. 6% recent safety or crime experience. People that were probably a victim or they heard of somebody who was a victim. Uh, this four percent is an interesting one quarantine boredom and trying something fun that's pretty good you yeah. know people well we got nothing to do hun let's go shoot Now, i never wanted to go to shoot 16 weeks into quarantine you know what let's go shoot <laughs> movie theaters are closed restaurants are 100 degrees and humid outside blah 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 let's go shoot good each one reach one and you're and, saying that aren't you i mean you're saying yeah that. oh my god uh, again, I apologize to all our members and non-members that already have guns. I apologize, apologize, apologize that we've been so busy. Uh, perfect storm: existing gun owners, this, this huge influx of new first-time gun owners, and then what I call the tourists—all these people coming in. We always had a, you know, a nice flow international of,
1: tourist business, yeah, and,
2: and and people from the New York metropolitan area, one-hit wonders, and everything. But yeah, now yeah. it's like we have nothing to do. Yeah. Right. We have nothing to do, so they're all coming here. God bless. And again, as a Second Amendment advocate, what do I look for? I know 90% of these people, when they leave, they are not going to go out and join the NRA and buy a gun. But here's what I hope. I hope that we've changed their narrative, that we're not all racist, sexist, misogynist hillbillies, and that we are actually good people, okay, and uh, this is what we want to do. We want people to leave here neutral or positive yeah. in our cause. That's my goal in life as a Second Amendment advocate. Because we okay? know neutral is still a win. <clears throat> neutral is a win because they come in with a perceived yeah. idea of what mm-hmm. gun ranges and gun people look like. right? And they don't see that. You know, when they come in, they do not see it. And that's that's what I want. And we saw that with Loretta Weinberg
1: when she came in she was dumbfounded at the people who were in that range yeah, and i think a, a bit frightened too
2: she's been quiet yeah she's she's been quiet but she's going to get some power now in the senate because she's going to be voting for all of these gun taxes, all these poll taxes. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. And I can't even begin to tell you, you know, Loretta Weinberg is Jewish. I can't even be, begin to tell you how many Orthodox and Hasidic Jews I've seen coming in. I can't even begin to tell you how many Muslims I've seen coming in. We have so many people of the Islamic faith that live in, like, the Patterson area Right, and stuff. sure, yeah. The, you know, a lot of these people are business owners. You right. know, And, and yeah. they want a gun to protect themselves. So I'm seeing, you know. And so what we're, we're, I find
1: is great is like you've got you've got a a, a decidedly Hasidic Jew in Port One, <laughs> and a Muslim in Port Two, and yep. they're like, "What are you shooting?" <laughs> it's just amazing. Uh,
2: I, I I talked about it once before on the show where we had a bunch of kids uh, from the Middle East. And they had one of them had a shirt on the back of a shirt said free Palestine and two ports down there was three Hasidic Jews shooting and I was like oh shit (laughs) you know and it and it's and and it's like
1: but once they get into the whole I don't know what it is it just it seems like it brings everyone together and people concentrate on things that are uh, are positive at that point you know yes
2: on on what's what's alike versus what. What's different from one another? What I've been hearing a lot in the range, females and males, I never wanted a gun before, but I went out and got one now. Really? I never wanted a gun before, but I went out and got one now. I'm hearing this over and over and over again. And I'm answering a lot of questions. I just had uh, two guys, um, uh, Muslim, uh, I think from Patterson. They basically had my ear for about 45 minutes because they own a business in Patterson, food Hmm. business, and they were asking a million questions. They did not know that they could keep a gun on them in their property. Really, you know, at their business. Yeah, they didn't know. Well, you know, a lot of these people come from countries. Yeah, all right. You know, or their families come from countries where only the military and the police have, you know. Uh, guns. The ruling class has guns, right. like here, yep. and uh, so you have to educate them. And uh, the, I had an older version of Nappen's book, 2014, in my office, and I went and I gave it to the two guys. Oh, and I'm great. like, here, you know, this this will this will help you out a lot in plain English. I recommend you order the, the newer book, but this will help you out. But you know what? The more the merrier. Yes, absolutely. the more the merrier, yeah.
1: especially the business people, because when your when your livelihood is being burned to the ground. Um, and you have no way to protect yourself, it it's, it, it becomes a, a staunch reality.
2: Yes. So Dennis Malloy from New Jersey uh, 101.5, he wrote a real quick blurb. He wrote, uh, you may already have a gun in New Jersey, and you're already aware of how limited you are in using or transporting it. We have some of the strictest, most ridiculous gun laws in the country. Quite Actually, Dennis, we have the strictest. Yeah. Uh, He wrote, they seem designed to keep law-abiding people from protecting themselves and exercising their 2A rights. Yes, they do. Uh, It's what's kept a lot of people in the state from even bothering to apply for a permit to purchase one for protection. It's all by design, by the way. If you're a criminal or gang member, you really don't care about the laws, and you can go buy one on the black market. Thus, the criminals are armed, and you're left at the mercy of calling law enforcement help he writes in many areas of the country law enforcement has been ordered to stand down or has been rendered impotent by cowardly leaders who have allowed lawless violence to go unabated these scenes of violence and the inability of law enforcement to stop it has prompted many new jersey residents to apply for gun permits people who never thought of purchasing a firearm are lining up at their municipal building or queuing up online to apply Gun applications have tripled in the first six months of this year, and it doesn't show any signs of slowing down. No, it's not. He goes, this state doesn't make it easy for law-abiding people to protect themselves with firearms, so make sure you're completely familiar with these ridiculous laws before you decide to go ahead and try to protect yourself. Luckily, we haven't seen too much in the way of of uh, out-of-control violence here, but a single incident could trigger an outburst of violence that nobody is prepared or willing to stop. Don't worry though, one of the biggest anti-second amendment zealots, Governor Phil Murphy has armed protection 24/7, so he's good. We we all know that. Although in that press he says, "Well, it's not up to me, it's the superintendent of the state police. That's up to me, uh, you know, to it's up to him if I should be protected by a gun or not." You're the governor, jackass. Yeah. You're the governor, okay? You can you don't want an armed security detail? You just tell the superintendent of state police, "Stay home." Well, the All guy's right. got don't no give me experience any shit.
1: whatsoever except the fact that he was a an investment banker who uh you know made money uh what was that it wasn't coming to America what was that that Eddie Murphy uh, film where, you know they, they buy you know they we make money when they lose money we trading make money places trading places yeah.
2: Great, great great <laughs> great 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 movie yeah,
1: that's uh that's our governor
2: great movie so let's let's touch a little bit about what happened with this 17 year old kid in kenosha are you familiar with this i am okay so you know uh, it's too soon for me to really 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 address it but i've heard stuff on both sides my buddy andrew m uh he sent me an email he's like hey anthony I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, uh, regarding the 17-year-old who shot several people in Kenosha early this week? It's my understanding that he wasn't even from the area. It's my opinion that he should never have been there in the first place because of his age. I've said as much on a couple of pages on Facebook. It's my belief if he, was, he wasn't properly trained to be in a gunfight. While I agree our elected officials has let us down during these riots, I also believe that if we are going to allow individuals to carry firearms in the street, then we need to be all properly trained to the level that law enforcement and military are. I'll understand if you prefer not to answer this question. I respect your opinion and am willing to take criticism for mine if it's educational. Andrew, you're a douche. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, that was not educational? No. no Andrew, that, that listen. That educational. So the kid was 17 and he had an AR-15. It kind of rhymes. He also was from a different state. So I hear people online saying, well, he wasn't from that. T- why was he there? Well, the protesters were probably weren't from that area or that state either, right? 90% of them weren't, no. Okay. So just looking at the incident itself, it was clearly self-defense, yeah. right? But maybe the big picture will say he was looking for trouble, just like the protesters were looking for trouble. This is going to have to be sorted out. And I'm kind of awaiting more details. But if I had an AR-15 on me and somebody had a gun in their hand, or if somebody hit me in the head with a skateboard, well, then I'm going to shoot them. Right. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we'll get through all of these particulars as as it's sorted out. But but the kid, 17 years old, whether he had the gun legally or illegally, obviously, he had every right to be there as a counter protester, as the protesters had a right to be there. Now, from what I understand, both sides were wrong because they were all out after the uh, Kenosha imposed curfew. As was, well.
1: Was the curfew imposed at that time?
2: Yes, it was imposed okay. at that time. But uh, I read that. I read that because the police chief said they were all out there after curfew when this crap was going on. But, you know, they show pictures of this kid removing graffiti earlier, if it's if it's in fact he, the same. He also kid. apparently, uh, you know, I, I, I caught interviews um,
1: from different, uh, you know, you didn't see it on the Main Street media, but there were. Um, interviews done just before this and this kid happened to be interviewed and he was uh there as an emt um and was there guarding a friend so he says uh, <laughs> he was guarding a friend's uh store but he had an emt bag and was rendering assistance to people who were injured and this was just before and when he was leaving he was being taunted and they did have this on, uh, you know, on camera. The kid who he shot in the head was taunting him constantly uh, saying, what are you going to do using the N word, Adam? <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Shoot me. Saying That's- that to a white kid. To a white kid. Yeah, one white kid saying it to another white kid, which is so the, like the world is upside down. and uh, then they chased him and beat him in the head with a skateboard and and the person who he blew his arms off actually pulled a gun on him. And
2: uh, he shot him and... Did you notice his arm was halfway shot off but he couldn't let go of the gun? Yeah. The gun was still in his hand? We've said that so many times. Right, right. The gun was still swinging in his hand. Yeah, yeah. But he had a gun. And it still could have gone off through sympathetic nerve. Correct. So if we look at The attacks and his response to the attacks, we would say it's all a clean shooting. If we look at shootings, if we look at the extraneous, why was he there? Was he supposed to have a gun? Blah, 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 blah. That's all going to have to be addressed later. But on its face value, if I'm walking down the street with with Tracy and I got a knife and a guy comes up to me and pulls a gun out of me and, you know, I give him uh, blue worms. I cut him across the abdomen and all his intestines pop out. Yep. uh, That's not my problem. Right. at that point. Oh, you were in New York and you're not allowed to carry a knife like that. Well, tough mm. shit.
1: Yeah, well, let's debate that
2: uh, now. Th- tough <laughs> shit. We, we, let's spend the next two or three years in court while right. I'm still going out to dinner every night with my friends and my family. Right, yeah. Okay? I'm okay with that. So, there's a lot to be addressed. I would love to discuss this further as the details come out. I wouldn't even mind having somebody on if they want to uh, come in, and talk about it. I'm I'm more than willing to do that. Uh, you know, remember I was talking about what's going on with Letitia James and she's trying to dissolve the NRA? Yeah, right, yeah. Well, obviously there's this huge civil suit against uh, a bunch of executives at NRA. Uh, mis- say, you know, They're being accused of allegedly misappropriating uh, NRA monies and stuff. And uh, that's one thing that will be all cleared up in the courts. And, uh, you know, I talked about how the ACLU has come to our side. And this was in the Wall Street Journal and this is from, believe it or not, uh, Bob Cole is the National Legal Director of the ACLU. And this is what we should all be worried about as the rank and file NRA members. He wrote this. The, The title was, The NRA Has a Right to Exist. The ACLU rarely finds itself on the same side as the NRA in policy debates or political disputes. Still, we are disturbed by the New York AG's recent effort to dissolve the NRA. Miss James' office charges that NRA executive LaPierre and other officials misdirected money of the organization's charitable funds for their personal use. But the Attorney General's complaint doesn't stop there. It attempts to dissolve the NRA altogether, thereby penalizing the entire organization's for the accused wrongs of some of its leaders. The NRA isn't popular with New York politicians. Mrs. James has called it a terrorist organization. Governor Andrew Cuomo had his chief financial regulator urge New York banks and insurers to reconsider doing business with the NRA and other gun promotion groups and proclaimed in a campaign mailer that if the NRA goes bankrupt, I will remember them in my thoughts and prayers. You may have your own opinions about the NRA, but all Americans should be concerned about this sort of overreach. If the New York AG can do this to the NRA, why couldn't the AG of a red state take similar action against the ACLU, AFL-CIO, Common Cause, or Everytown for gun safety? Our democracy is premised on the right of association. The First Amendment protects not only the right to speak, but also to band together with others to advance one's views. Making or resisting change in a democracy requires collective action and healthy democracy therefore demands a robust civil society. The right to associate can't survive if officials shut down organizations with which they disagree. The Supreme Court has notably invoked that right to protect union members, Communist Party adherents, the Boy Scouts, and the NAACP. That's why two years ago we supported the NRA's lawsuit charging Cuomo with violating the First Amendment rights. Mr. Cuomo moved to dismiss the case, but a federal judge ruled against him, holding that if he targeted the NRA for its gun promoting views, he violated its First Amendment rights. And that's why we at the ACLU believe Mrs. James has gone too far. Disillusion of a nonprofit is the most extreme remedy state regulators can seek. It has historically been reserved for organizations that are essentially false fronts for personal gain. The NRA is different. It's been around for 150 years and has millions of members. It engages in a range of lawful and property tax-exempt pursuits, including teaching gun safety, operating shooting ranges, educating the public, and lobbying for laws that protect gun rights. If some of its leaders have become corrupt, they should be removed. If its board was incompetent in checking their abuses, it should be reformed. Dissolution is proper only when a corporation is so subsumed by waste, misuse, or fraud that it no longer fulfills a charitable purpose. There is simply no precedent for such extreme action against an organization like the NRA which whether you like it or not has been serving charitable purposes very effectively indeed many of my opponents would say so too effectively for a century and a half and even if the threat of disillusion is meant only to gain leverage for a deal threats of unconstitutional action ought not to be part of the AG's arsenal the right to associate is a right for all not for just those whom the government officials favor Wow! That was well-written. Wow. They lost a lot of donors because of that. Yeah, that's for damn sure. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire
1: Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation.
2: Okay, we're back. That was a good letter, right? That was a good (laughs) <laughs> that that's from good, the aclu so letter. so when the aclu supported us two years ago with cuomo they lost a ton of donors and received a ton of hate mail yeah. and lost a lot of high donors well don't you think the same thing's going to happen with that letter oh yes it, yeah. it is Absolutely. but but forget about what the accusations are to have somebody politically dissolve an organization is wrong right okay using their government power so let's see where this lands. A couple of housekeeping things. Do not forget my buddy Bob Ramo at Shooter's Gauntlet, okay, at Monroe Town, Pennsylvania. 1,500-yard range, machine gun shoots, etc. Check out shootersgauntlet.com. Our next long-distance 1,500-yard class, the dates will be set up uh, for the spring. So keep your eyes open, Marty's V Burger. Do not forget Mr. Marty, who brings me lunch every Friday lately. Now it's a new thing. Okay, uh, do not forget if you live in New York, NYTACDefense.com. Mention Gun for Hire in the promo code. You get three dollars and fifty cent off your monthly membership of thirty-five dollars. And you get $15 off the annual membership. U.S. Law Shield. If you use Gun for Hire in a code, you get 10% off. If you live in the other 49 states, you can use U.S. Law Shield. My buddy John Petrolino, Decoding Firearms on Amazon. Kindle version and paperback. Great book for the newbies. Kniferights.org, one of my favorite organizations. And Knife Rights has an app now called Legal Blade, the Knife Law App 2.0. People are asking me, Knife Laws, I send them a link to the app. It's a great, great app. It's really cool. Yes, I sent him a link to the app. Leave me alone. Okay? (laughs) Uh, My buddy Tom Knapp, who stopped up here last week, he says, Hey, it's Tom Tom Knapp. First, I want to say a big thank you for being such a nice guy and graciously uh, brought me in and showed me around and treated me like family right off the bat. You're a stand-up and passionate about what you do, and I appreciate that so much. You wanted to know when I'm free, he's, he, he's stopping by again. He's going through some medical stuff. He's just a great guy. He just happened, he wanted to stop by because he's been listening to the show and following me online. And he lives in Flemington. He shoots at a different range. But he just wanted to stop up and shake my hand. So I hung out with him for about a half hour that I threw him out. <laughs> okay. Uh Then I got, what do I got here? Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about that in the learning segment in a minute. This comes from uh, Terry L. I just finished listening to 483. I look forward to listening to it every week. I wanted to comment on your take on biometric locks. I agree with your distrust of them. I have a Samsung Galaxy X8 as my personal phone and an Apple iPhone 7 as my work phone. Both have the ability to unlock with a fingerprint. While I have not looked into it directly, I feel very confident in stating that both companies have spent hundreds of millions of dollars over the years developing this technology. Like you said, if your hour, if your hour hands are, if your hands are even wet from washing your hands or, or cooking, the fingerprint reader will fail. Even the iPhone, where Apple won't release it. Uh, uh, to us is is, as close to perfect as possible and it still doesn't work all the time he wrote the circumstances I'm talking about are definitely not emergency situations you are not nervous or under stress I am not sure I want to imagine the outright terror if you are unable to get into your phone or gun safe because of wet or sweaty hands your heart is beating thousand times a second and every moment counts thank you for all you do i really enjoy the show and the videos you do the information is very useful and greatly appreciate it i also enjoy shooting at your range unfortunately even before covid and the ammo shortage i'm not able to shoot as much as i would like that being said every time i do you and your staff are always very friendly your rso's are very attentive and helpful my excellent experience is to the point where I have really have no desire to look at any other ranges in the area, and I rave about gun for hire whenever I talk about going to the range. Thank you again for what you do, Terry L. And he also wrote, thank you for uh, your, she wrote, excuse me, congratulations on your trip advisor award. It was very well deserved. Thank you very much. So listen to me. Uh, I got another one about the safe. He wrote, damn Calandro, (laughs) (laughs) this morning at at early light on Sunday, as usual, I listened to your show. When you you spoke near the end about uh, simplex locks and cipher locks, I cheered. I, too, believe electronic gizmos aren't reliable. Then you had to say you had two safes. I cheered again. I also have two lock safes, one a V-line shotgun wall safe, and the other is a Fort Knox pistol case. Had to get it when I saw it on sale, even though in New York I am handgunless, but wife and I have plans to move in Arizona. Then you did it. You had to say both had to have the same combo. Of course, it made brilliant sense. I was about to cheer for the third time, but it got stuck in my throat. Wait, my two safes do not have the same combo. I use the shotgun safe all the time. I know the combo by heart. But what the hell is the combo for the pistol safe? Mind racing, I ran upstairs, grabbed the Fort Knox Beast of a Pistol Box. Bing, bing, bong, no go. Bing, bing, bong, no go. Bing, bing, bong, now I'm starting to sweat. After 25 minutes of combos, I finally hit the right one. Hell's bells, I'm going to take your advice and change the combos today so they are the same goddamn sequence. Whether you have one safe, two safe, three safe, four safes in your house, if they're simplex safes with buttons, they should all be the same combo. Okay, Michael, that's Michael L, by the way. They should all be the same combo. You're not going to remember when the shit hits the fan. Nope. Okay, and they're all the same for me, and that's going to be covered in the book, too. Uh, Was that a shameless plug for my book? No, it was not. Not yet, right? Speaking of shameless plugs for books, I have a member of the range. His name is Kirk, K A K I R K Shaw. Bail bonds business, business, 30... Uh, third generation over 40 years they're out of business now he wrote a book it's available kindle and softcover and amazon it's called make america safe a bail Bondsman's story by kirk shaw he dropped it off the other day it's an easy read i read the whole thing and uh he talks about bail reform in New York and New Jersey, how it put all the bail bondsmen out of business and put all the criminals in business. Yeah, oh, great. And after reading, it's heart-wrenching because, you know, they're letting pedophiles and serial rapists out over and over again. Mm. And they're just out wreaking havoc and committing crimes again, and our politicians don't care. And the judges that do care, they can't do anything because under bail reform, they can't hold somebody.
1: Oh, and we want to have this on a national
2: basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do this on a national basis. So... uh Uh, But now what they did was instead of bail bondsmen, they have these government people that check on you when you're released, and so they created this whole level of bureaucracy. Another bureaucracy. Boy, that's okay. not a Democrat move, huh? No, so so they got rid of the independent businesses, the bail bondsmen, and he's like, you know, he's critical of bail bondsmen too. They're not always the best. They're not always great. You know, they make mistakes too, but they take all the risks. They follow up on people and their family and whoever signed the bond to make sure that they're going to show up to court and stuff, but he basically says it's anarchy now. The whole system, and you know, he has like a hundred pages in here of all of these you know uh, you know people being released over and over and over again, and uh you know it wasn't set up that way. everybody has their constitutional right to a fair trial and you're innocent you know until proven guilty but the the way the system is set up now with uh bail reform the uh the inmates are running the asylum because the asylum is now your neighborhood, yeah right they're not locked up anymore no. And uh, it's a really good book. So it's called Make America Safe. And it's by Kirk, K A K I R K Kirk Shaw. Really, really nice guy. Uh, shoots at the range. And uh, his son used to actually work here for me uh, a few years ago because he, law- he was the first one to go. It was a father-son business, which would have been fourth generation. And uh, they had to close the business up. First the son left, and now the father just closed it up completely, mm. which is... Uh, Pretty horrible when, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about learning now. Let's talk about making your, uh, a couple of rooms in your house safe rooms. And we've discussed this numerous times. If you spend the majority of your uh, time in your house in like your living room, dining room, kitchen area, or something, uh, if it's a, dual-level house, maybe a a room on the first floor, even if it's a bathroom that has an egress window. If you were to take that bathroom door and put a solid core door and use six-inch screws through the door frame and put a decorative deadbolt inside that bathroom door, you've just created a safe room. Yeah, that's Uh, great. Yes, you could do the same thing in your master bedroom. If you have young kids, you could do the same thing in your kids' room. Uh, So that rather than grab the kids in the middle of the night, if there's an emergency, you can retreat into the kids' room, lock that deadbolt. Now, if you have the financial means or the layout is proper, have that solid core door swing out as opposed to swinging in. We did that on your advice. Yes. It will require about 80% more pressure to smash that door in. Yeah. Drug dealers have been doing this for years. They put a steel door on the front door of their house that swings out. That's when you watch those cop shows where those two big monster cops hit it with a battering ram for 60, 60 times. Yeah. And then, and then they end up getting that big concrete. So and they cut a hole in the wall next to the door. Right. And they go, they go into the house because <laughs> they can't get the door down. Yeah. Uh, but by doing that, looking around in your house, you know, visualization and mindset, first floor, second floor. Another thing is what if you're detached from your cell phone? Well, Most old cell phones will dial 911. So if you have an older model cell phone, you could actually leave it in that bathroom or bedroom or kids' room that you made a safe house and keep it plugged into a charger. What a great idea. So if you ran into that room and went, oh, shit, my phone is on the dining room table. I was in such a rush to get up here and lock the door, that phone should be able to dial 911. You can test it, okay? You can turn the phone on. If there's no service, you can try 911. If the police call, you say, Hi, officer, this is Mary Smith, 12 Main Street. I dialed by accident from my kid's cell phone. Apologize. They'll probably call back or whatever, give them your your normal house phone or cell phone number, but you can try it. But a lot of us have in junk drawers or, you know, in the basement, they have a couple of older model phones. Right. Test it, all right? And it's a good thing to do. So now you have a communication and you have a way to lock yourself in a room. It's preferable that the room has an egress window. Okay, so when the police come or whatever, you can communicate even further. Or if the shit really hits the fan, you can jump out that window or let your kids out and let them run to safety, whatever the case may be. But, you know, rich people spend millions and millions of dollars on safe rooms. You can get away with it for under $100 for an average safe space and maybe under $500 for a really fortified safe place. Yeah, Uh, It's not a bad idea. It's something for you to think about. Again, though, if the only room is your bedroom, if you live in a split level or a bi-level, and you make your bedroom your safe room. Well, if somebody, what if somebody breaks into your house, a violent home invasion, and they cut you off? What if they're standing at the bottom of the stairs? That room upstairs right. is not going to do you any good. Yeah. Okay, that's why we talked last week about multiple safe locations, too. But this week, let's talk about multiple, you know, rooms that you could be able to safely retreat into. It's very, very important. And when you have that emergency drill, you teach your kids the same thing. And your kids should all have a code word. They should all know the safety code word. So if you locked your two kids in your bedroom and went outside to greet the cops, you tell the kids, nobody opens this door until I say Spider-Man. That's, you know what I mean? Like there has to be, because you could also be asking them to open the door under duress. There could be a gun to your head. Again, I'm pitching worst case scenarios here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not a fear monger, but I'd rather be prepared than not. So, look at your house. Listen, if you're remodeling your whole house and you have six or seven interior doors, I'd put them all solid core. It helps with the resale value of the house. It attenuates the sound much better yep. than a hollow core door. If you have kids in the house that want to play music or have friends over and stuff, you'll thank me for it. Because when your kids are having a sleepover and that solid core door is shut and you're in your bedroom with your solid core door shut, you'll they'll thank me. Now... Let's talk about in the middle of the night, the witching hour, between 2.30 in the morning and 5, 5.30 in the morning. That's when cops usually exercise no-knock warrants because you're in your rapid eye movement, deep sleep. Yep. And that's also usually when criminals break into your house. The bar traffic is over at 2 o'clock in the morning or so in most states. So that's when they'll go out, park on the street, and come break into your house. Well, I learned a long time ago, I sleep in my master bedroom with my master bedroom door with the deadbolt locked. Because if somebody broke into my house, by the time they get into my bedroom and hold a gun over my head, I will just be waking up. Right. And I will not be able to respond. But if they break in and try to break into my bedroom door, I will be waiting for them on the other side. Right. Because I will be fully awake. So it's a good thing to sleep with your door locked. Now, it's not for everybody. If you have young kids, you can't do it. All right? You want to keep the bedroom doors open, obviously. Every situation is different. I'm almost going to give out a jackass award today. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> another one did it again. You ready? Yeah. A Rockland County man <sighs> went to fly out of Newark International Airport with a loaded 9 millimeter Smith & Wesson M&P. Rockland County, New York? He drove from Rockland County, New York, to Newark, and TSA officers Ugh. found a 9-millimeter handgun, which was loaded with five bullets. It was in his carry-on bag as he went through the checkpoint x-ray machine. Jeez. Okay. He is going to jail. Yeah, for a very long time. And it's unnecessary. Yeah. So this leads me to most of our listeners, especially in New Jersey, can't carry a gun, and most of them know this. Please, 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 the last warning I give as we're wrapping up the show today. Your range bag should not be your travel bag. And how many times have we discussed this, Sandy? Oh, t- t- add infinitum. So if you have one book bag and you bring it to the range all the time, and you set it on the floor and set it on the countertops, it is going to have residual gunpowder on mm-hmm. that book bag. When you go through the sniffing machines, Bingo. you are going to test hot <laughs> for explosives. <laughs> you are going to get a full cavity search. You are probably going to miss your flight. You will have a little check mark left next to your name probably every time you fly in the future guaranteed you also could have spent casings in that bag and worse you also could have unspent <laughs> bullets in that bag Oh yeah. okay a 357 round sitting at the bottom of the bag is not good When you're flying out of Duneur. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you do not want to use that bag or the same sneakers. Use a different bag specifically, specifically for
1: travel. We do that every time we fly. We don't use our same shoes that we walk
2: through the range in. And all of you out there listening, please share this show far and wide. We need the new gun owners to wake up and understand our plight. And we need a small percentage of them on our team. And as Tiny Tim said, God bless us all, everyone. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> it looks like you've
1: wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a CounterThink media production. The music using this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music New York, New York. On behalf of Tiny Tim, our master trainer, Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we thank you so much for listening. Each one, reach one. Get out to the new gun owners and educate them, as Anthony always says. We love you guys. See you next week.
0: From sea to shine.